to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hello and welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. Today, I'm talking with Kelly Roberts, creator of Global Sports Bra Squad Day, which is June 24th. She's amazing and super open with her journey going from hating running to running marathons to now creating a worldwide movement, helping people love their bodies. Kelly and I are on the same page about so many things, so I'm really excited to share this interview. But just a heads up, we differ strongly in our opinions on a California institution and french fries. So I'm going to need you to chime in today on Instagram and let me know what your thoughts are. If you're new to the show, this is Monica. I started Runny Repeat about nine years ago to write about trying to lose weight and run a marathon. I ran that marathon, lost weight, and kept sharing my life online. And Runny Repeat grew into my full-time job and now this podcast. I'm super excited you're here. And let's get started with the warm-up. It's the last week of the 21-day stretch challenge, and today's stretch is an ankle stretch. And I want to make sure that you know that you should be stretching after your run or workout. Make sure that your body is warm and ready to kind of stretch and relax when you are doing these. The ankle stretch, and I'll have a picture of it at Runny Repeat on Instagram, so you can check it out there. But this stretch from today and a couple of the other stretches from this week seem a little more subtle. Some of these stretches that we were doing last week were just more obvious. They were kind of those stereotypical stretches that you think people do where you're stretching your quad or you're doing a side stretch, something a little bigger in movement, I guess. And these, a couple of them, you're just sitting on the ground and today stretching your ankles. But these are really important, especially because I feel like a lot of the questions I get are about shin splints or plantar fasciitis. And these stretches that are working on the muscles of your lower leg and feet are going to help prevent that. So make sure that you are doing them. And if you didn't sign up, you could still sign up. I will have it up for a couple more days so you can get the calendar at least and do the stretches on your own time. Now let's get into the interview. It's a little long, but very fun and inspiring. And I hope you enjoy it. Kelly Roberts is such an inspiration on social media. If you don't read her captions, you might not know she struggled with body image growing up. Then in college, her brother passed away very unexpectedly, and she shut down, not wanting to be social or active, and gained a lot of weight. With the support of her family, friends, and a professor in her nutrition class, and a lot of hard work, she lost 75 pounds and got healthy. Eventually, she found running, and she shares her training, victories, struggles, and more on her website and podcast. Now she's about to lead the second Global Sports Bra Squad Day and is here to tell us how it all got started and how we can participate. I do want to start with asking how you got started with running because I do think that's very relevant to um, the Sports Bra Squad and kind of everything that you're doing now. I feel like... I feel like I have a very similar story to most people in our communities because I feel like our communities are very similar people who don't run like who don't take themselves super seriously, but, but take their goals seriously. But I really like, I've always hated working out and being active and I hate sports. Like I've never, I grew up in like a really athletic family. It was like me and my mom and my mom's side of the family who were like the artists and like creatives and all that. And my mom put all of us in theater, like in elementary school and middle school. Cause my mom, even though she's like wacky and wild and super loud, she was like, deathly afraid of speaking in public for a really long time like all throughout college and as an adult she was just really insecure and really shy so like I always had an outlet and like I was always just active enough but my dad is like this like hyper athlete like he was a Pac-10 swimmer and like a golf pro like almost went to the Olympics for swimming like he's a crazy athlete and uh, my sister and my brother always did stuff but like I hated it with every fiber of my being like I wasn't good at it I didn't have fun doing it. I didn't understand it. Like on the weekends when I, my friends would play soccer, have those like soccer tournaments, I'd be like, I can't imagine anything worse than spending my day off from school running mm-hmm. up and down a pitch. You know, like I'd rather die. I'd rather do the dishes all day. 
<laughs> how why would you do that when you have a Nintendo 64? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I always had a like a rough relationship with the gym because I always really like was hyper focused on my weight. And I my weight was never really an issue, but I always was a little bit bigger. Like my body type is very different than all my friends and my sister and because I grew up in Southern California, like we grew up in bathing suits. Like you know, you're always at the beach. We were always at the pool. Like I lived on the beach and I love the ocean, but I was always so insecure whenever we'd like be on the sand or running around because I just, it was very apparent that my body was very different than all of them because they were tall and very, very slender. And I like, I used to get teased a little bit in school. Like the, I was, I would always get called hippo or fat, but like I wasn't. And I was also very outspoken. So it's not like I was this like shy, meek, timid girl who was picked on. Like I dished it right back. I wasn't a victim or anything, but you know, like that did always like sit on my shoulder that I was heavier than everyone else and that I was fat and that, you know, I needed to, I needed to lose weight in order to feel beautiful. And it just, it just intensified as I got into high school. And then I started going to the gym and, you know, my body dysmorphia just like skyrocketed from there. But when my brother passed away, uh, when I was in college, I was 19 and he was 16. That's when my weight like really became an issue. And I gained so much weight really quickly just because like I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to run into anyone. Like you'd go to the grocery store in college and I'd run into someone who I was in one of my classes and they'd ask me like, how's your summer? And what do you do? Say like super shitty. I don't know if you heard my brother died. How was your summer? You know, like those interactions, like I, I just didn't want to leave my house. So my friends would come over and we'd bake and then we'd watch like Sex in the City or The Hangover like a billion times. And I just gained a lot of weight really fast. I wasn't taking care of myself anymore. I was, I was just doing everything I could to survive without living a healthy lifestyle. And I was really angry and really unhappy. And my mom kind of like sat me down and, and had to come to Jesus moment with me and was kind of like, I already lost one kid. Like, I can't lose you. Like, you have to do something what can we do? What can I do to help you? And so like with her help and her encouragement, I kind of like, I got into a, a semester of a, a diet, a diet, like a nutrition and dietitian class, like an RD entry level class for, um, what do they call it? A GE. And, uh, yeah, with my RD, like my teacher, her, with her help, she like totally helped me redo my diet and she made it like my final project. And I started going to the gym every day, which I totally hated because I was so insecure there. I was like convinced that everyone thought I didn't belong to be there because I was, you know, I, I mean, I was clinically obese is what I was. And uh, it was horrible. Like I hated going to the gym. And eventually, like after I lost the weight, I think it took me like eight months to lose 75 pounds. But after I lost the weight, like I still didn't see myself for what I was. And I still like felt so miserable at the gym, but I was at the gym like every single day before and after school for an hour. Like I became hyper obsessed and terrified that I was going to gain the weight back. So like, even though I was working out so much, I hated every moment of it and it wasn't healthy. And it really wasn't until I graduated and moved home that next year that I just like had nothing going for me. And I was so miserable <laughs> that I was just desperate <laughs> enough to start running. <laughs> <laughs> I hit rock bottom and was like, might as well run, I guess. <laughs> what else? And, yeah, it was like, I, I literally had nothing. I had no friends. I would go home and watch Real Housewives. And I can't watch that show anymore because it just, that show makes me feel like shit. It makes me like think that people are thinking and talking. I don't know. Like, and I'm not saying people shouldn't watch that show. I mean, it's a guilty pleasure. That's, it's a, it's some serious entertainment, but like, I, I like equate that show to a very low point in my life. So like, I can't watch that show anymore. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of how I started running in the first, like the first year was awful, like really not fun, but it gave me something to feel really proud of. And like when people asked me what I was doing with my life, I was able to say like, I'm training to run a marathon and like I ran a marathon and feel proud of myself. Like I was doing something. Like I had these these legs to stand on. So it, it really started to turn around the way I saw what I was capable of. And it, it made me realize that I was really getting in my own way. Mm -hmm. Did you, when you kind of started, have any sort of goal of eventually running a race? Or were you just really doing it for fitness? No. In the, in the, like I would say like the first month, it really was, I was so sick of going to the gym 
I was so sick of like for a while, like I was really like stuck in my ways. Like I would go and I'd get on a, like a spin bike for an hour and then I would lift weights for 30 minutes. But then I started getting bored. And so I'd like sit on the bike for 30 minutes and then I'd go home and then it was like 20 minutes. So I just I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing there and I hated it anyways. So at least when I started running, like it was like if I run one mile out, I have to run one mile back because Uber wasn't a thing yet. Like I had to call someone to come get me, (laughs) you know, and it just it gave me a way to fill those three hours after I got home from work before I went to bed and, you know, woke up and did the whole grind again. Mm -hmm. And so how did you eventually get to a place of running a race? It was actually like a like a fluke. My friend, my one of my best friends, she called me and was like, do you want to run this race? And I was at this half marathon and I was like, girl, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to run a half marathon. I can only run six miles. And she was like, here's what you should do. You should try to run for for like two hours on Wednesday. And if you can do it, then you'll be fine for Sunday. (laughs) And I was like, "Okay." And so I was in like my first vacation ever. I was in Hawaii with, with my, my best friend who lives next to you and her, her fiance and her mom. <laughs> and so while the two of them went on this like dinner to go celebrate their engagement, I ran around the Alani hotel in Hawaii five times <laughs> for two hours and I ran 11 miles and I called her and I'm like, I survived. <laughs> like, great. Let, I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> so I ran a half marathon on Sunday. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, it was uh definitely like the looking back, like the stupidest advice you could ever give someone <laughs> about running their first half. But like, I'm really glad it, she did it because like that racing environment kind of like changed everything. Because for me, like the, I had secretly been thinking about running the rock and roll half, which ended up being my first full. Like that was my goal. <laughs> to run the half so i just you know like got a fast fast mm-hmm. that is yeah i mean it's almost better if you don't know any better i think when we, we overthink it it is just you get in your head you start doubting it you overthink your training plan and yeah i just think Especially it's better to go for, for someone it. like me like quitting is such a huge part of my story for so long like it really was who I was like I could not see a goal through that like especially running something I'm terrible at like I think I think had that half marathon been that far out like there's just no way in hell I would have stuck with it I would have been like this sucks and this isn't worth it I I just didn't understand how fun it could be I mean despite the fact that it hurt like hell and like I mean you know those first races are truly traumatizing yeah oh yeah my first marathon I thought like I crossed the finish line and I remember thinking like my face hurts, like my eyelashes hurt, like everything in my body was telling me never do that again. Like my body just freaked out. Yes. Yeah. We uh, we were at Disneyland after and I remember like we went to go see Aladdin. Like this is back when Aladdin was there and halfway through the show, like I I mean, I fell asleep. I like slept. (laughs) And afterwards, I remember turning to everyone and being like, I have to go home. Like, I can't be here anymore. And I, I like, I didn't even drive home. Like, my my best friend's brother drove. And, like, on the way, we stopped at the Irvine Spectrum and I housed a burrito from Chipotle. And then, like, I slept from, like, three in the afternoon until, like, 8 a.m. the next day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like that is a good gauge of how tired you are saying I could fall asleep at Disneyland. That's how tired yeah. I am. <laughs> I, I, it was, and I couldn't walk for like a week. I think I was more sore from that half marathon than I was for my marathon. And I was like, I couldn't go to the bathroom for like days. <laughs> like I couldn't, my mom had to help me out of the porta potty after I ran my first marathon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> so did you though, for your first marathon, after coming off of that half marathon, look for a training plan and how did you get ready for that? Oh, I didn't even want to do it. Like I remember, I remember vividly after that half marathon, like lying on the floor of our hotel and my best friend's mom being like, so are you going to run a marathon now? And I was like, no, I will (laughs) never do that again. (laughs) And like it, I, it's that thing where everyone assumes that you're going to run a marathon after you run a half. And 
I remember sitting with a couple of friends from college and one of my friend's husbands was was sitting with me and he was a runner and he kind of like was talking to me and he was like, honestly, Kel, like it sounds like this is something that could be like such a positive vehicle for you. And it sounds to me like the only reason why you you don't want to train for a marathon is because you don't think you can do it. And I like looked at him and I was like, oh, shit, he's right through me. No. And he's like, I, I don't want to tell you what to do, but like, I, I think if you run a marathon, like, I think it, you will surprise yourself with how much you're going to enjoy it. And I couldn't stop thinking of that. And like, literally the next day, like, I woke up and like grabbed my laptop and registered. And I had, I mean, it was probably January. No, at that point, it was probably like February or March. So I think I had like two or three months to train. And I was like very undertrained, but I did it and I survived and it really did change my life. That was awesome. Which race was it? What was your first marathon? Rock and roll San Diego. Oh, do you consider that like a hometown race? I've only done it once. Like I've never gone back, but I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, I mean, no, I would say New York's my hometown race. Uh, Yeah. No, that's weird. That's a weird thing to think about. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So, at what point do you think you went from president of the I Hate Running Club to <laughs> Finn? I think I go in and out. You know, I think I think right now I'm back in it. But I really do think that this is something that like like my love of running is something that I have to like actively work for. You know, like even though I know how incredibly fun it can be and how life-changing it can be like I still just like getting out the door is so hard and it's hard for me to convince myself that it's worth it and I don't think that's ever going to change I mean it's been so many years and (laughs) I'm so thick in it and I still am like f running (laughs) you know which I think is fine like I I I'm doing it and I still have fun and I still love it and I still like find it challenging but I think I'm just not a very athletic person and I just don't think I'm ever going to get to a place where like I'm going to eat, sleep and breathe athleticism. And that's totally fine. Like I don't want to Mm -hmm. want this to be a healthy part of my life, not who I am. Yeah. Are you training for something right now? Kind of. I'm I'm like literally I'm at two miles every other day. (laughs) So. I'm starting from the bottom and hopefully I'll be running a fall marathon. Awesome. Is there, were you um, dealing with injuries? I think I had seen something that you posted. Yeah, I've had, I've had tendinosis in my, like where my, I think it's what they call the origin point of where my hamstring is in my butt. And then I have bursitis on my hip, which is just like inflammation. And so it's like my range of motion's pretty limited on my right side and it hurts. So, but I'm working my butt off trying to, trying to get better in a healthy way. For I've sure. never worked as hard as I am right now. Mm-hmm. Are you going to PT or doing cross training? What's the regimen for that? Oh yeah. I, I'm at, I'm at physical therapy. We have like the greatest physical therapy clinic in, in America here. It's called finish line physical therapy and they, I'm, I'm there twice a week. I'm doing the Nike training app, which is I had no idea this was a thing. And it's the greatest free app that does workouts for you. And I'm doing that like five days a week and uh, acupuncture all I'm doing everything. I love it. And basically, so the running is to maintain a base of fitness for right now before you can really I ramp think up. I'll always have a base because. I think the mental games there, like, and I, I am, I'm, I'm still pretty strong. Like I only took five weeks completely off of running, but I mean, like I really am starting from, from zero. <laughs> like I don't even have a, a base per se. Mm-hmm. Did you take the five weeks off when you first got diagnosed? Someone told you to take that time off or how did you yeah. kind of figure that out? So I was training for a spring marathon. I was supposed to run Vermont in May and uh, I was running through the pain and everyone kept telling me, you know, like, it's fine. You're not going to get better, but like, it's also not really going to get worse. There's a chance it may. And if it does, like, we'll just monitor it. And then if that happens, like complete no marathon. And it kind of got to the point where I was just kind of like I was having so much fun, but it was like this extra layer of difficulty. And I my PT kind of was like, look, Kelly, we're going to give this 
like two weeks, if in two weeks this doesn't improve a tiny bit, I think you shouldn't do your marathon. Like it's just not worth it for you. You're setting yourself up for another heartbreak. And uh, like she kind of knew my heart wasn't in it because I kept, I was just frustrated. And uh, eventually she was like, all right, you have a 20 mile longer on this weekend. Just try it. If at any point you're over a five on like the pain scale, just stop and call it. And it's fine. Like you had so much fun this time around. Like now you get to do that again this fall, but healthy. And so it was pretty easy to be like, yeah, no, no marathon. Mm -hmm. And then we, I just took the time off because she advised it. Yeah. I think that is a really big deal and notable because I think a lot of people run through pain and keep training when they're injured or keep trying to push it. And I always think if you have the means to, you should go get a professional's opinion because you don't want to do permanent damage to yourself. And then sometimes too, we keep pushing ourselves because we think, oh, what am I going to say on social media? Or I feel like I announced I had this goal. And most people do not have the following you have. So that is that much more amplified the pressure on you. Did that factor into that decision at all? Or how did you kind of deal with that? I think I'd gone through that the year before when I like did the London marathon. Cause I think had I not have been doing it in front of an audience, like I just wouldn't erased. I would have said, screw it. Like there, this is not worth it. But so I think I'd already gone through it and I had no problem being like, this is need to shelve this. And like, I really did have so much fun training that I didn't feel like it was a waste. And I didn't, I think I've started over so many times that I don't fear that anymore. Like that, that fear of losing fitness isn't there anymore. I just kind of see it as an exciting challenge because it's fun. It is fun. It's hard and it sucks. And like there's the first four weeks are me kind of like throwing little tantrums, but like, I know that it's just a part of the process and I know that it will get better. But yeah, I just, I kind of knew I kind my heart kind of like fell out of it when it just started getting like really uncomfortable in ways that wasn't like uncomfortable because my training was hard, uncomfortable because I was hurt. And like I I it, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I want to get better and I know the only way to get better is to stop running. So I don't dread not running. I mean, the only the only thing that's hard is like when you when you get to the point where you miss it, you know, and you like have a bad day and you want to go for a run just to like clear your head, which is fine. Cause that, now I'm like, I'll just go for a walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is What normal people do. <laughs> like that's fine. It's the same thing. You yeah. know, if like just getting out with your thoughts is helpful, but like there was a little mountain to climb being like walking is fine. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I love walking. I feel like it yeah. is so therapeutic. I don't know. I just, uh, it's like my favorite thing in the summer when the days are long to take yeah. an afternoon walk. I, r- I really look forward to it. Like I'm such a nerd. I don't, I don't think that's nerdy at all. Like, and, <laughs> and it's fun for me because like I have so many friends and family here who don't run, but who I can reach out to, to be like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk tonight? And they'll be like, yes, I haven't seen you in so long. And like, that's a nice thing that we can go do together. Cause it's easy for me to like, I have a canon of like 35, 50 people who I can be like, yo, you want to run right now? And they're all like, hell yeah, let's go here, you know? But like, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I'm not good at talking while I run. So I would always rather walk with someone than yeah. run. If it's I been was nice. doing it to catch up. Yeah. So that's been nice. I, love I it. did learn to like it. And I think I will continue walking. Good. And this weekend is Global Sports Bra Squad Day. Tell me the about best that. Day of the year. Oh man, it's like the most stressful and wonderful thing. <laughs> Sports Bra Squad Day. It, yeah, it started last year was the first one and last year over 75 cities around the world held meetups for women to come together and like meet or hang out together and run in their sports bras. But for me, like the sports bra squad started, was it last? No, two years ago. It started for me two years ago when I was trying to be cute. And uh, it was so hot and humid here in New York. And I kind of like noticed that I had this really nasty habit of when I got dressed, I would get dressed in front of my mirror because my apartment's teeny tiny. And 
I would look at my reflection in the mirror and just like feel this like elephant on my shoulders or I'd feel deflated and just kind of like notice my problem areas and think like when it when when am I going to like have the body that I deserve you know like I'm working so hard I'm running so freaking hard I'm doing all this like strength work and I'm eating so well why don't I look the way I deserve to look why don't I look like the women who I run with which isn't fair for me to say because like I think I think when you speak to yourself really shitty and when you have such like a distorted way of seeing yourself, you choose to see people, you know, like you don't see the women who run, who look like you running with you. You only see the really slender ones or the ones that you think you need to be like, which is what I noticed in myself. And um, it kind of just like got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of hating myself and loathing myself like it's time for me to be happy because I kept asking myself like when when do you get to be happy when do you get to love this body that you're in and like when is it enough when you have a six-pack like why why is that the end game it's not something I've ever wanted or aspired towards like that's not what strength means to me and that day like I kept thinking about what had what I just said to myself and I just felt so shitty and uh, it was so hot that day. It was very much like the week that we're having here in New York right now where it's like just disgusting hot and sweaty. Like you walk outside and you're dripping. And I was in capris because I was too insecure to be in shorts. And uh, I had a shirt on. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to survive these 15 miles if I don't ditch a layer. And uh, I was doing my drills and I was like, F it. Like I, I'm doing it. And I was filming my vlog at the time. So I like put my GoPro down. And I remember telling the, the GoPro, you know, like how terrified I was that. I was going to run in my sports bra, but it's something that I'd always wanted to do. Like I'd thought about it all my life. Like I think about that scene in sisterhood of the traveling pants where, uh, what, what's the blonde character's name? Blake lively. Yeah. What? I, I, I don't her, her name. Yeah. Her. <laughs> She's like running on the beach in Mexico at soccer camp in her sports bra. And I'm like, that's like what, that is what I always thought I needed to look like in order to run in a sports bra. And like, I just, that's, that's what I always like. That was what played on repeat in my mind. And uh, I, I just said enough. And I remember announcing it on my Instagram and just like immediately all these women started being like, I would never feel confident enough to run in my sports bra. Like I, I could never. And I was like, obviously this is something if so many women don't feel confident enough to be comfortable, you know, because on the one hand, like, yes, this is, we are the movement really is about redefining what strength looks like and, and, you know, proclaiming this is what strength looks like. But on the other hand, like it, it also is about surviving, like it's hot and we deserve to like, we're out there doing the work and these extra layers aren't always, you know, prudent to our success. <laughs> sometimes they are, sometimes the sun is too hot and like you're going to get sunburned and you need a shirt on. Yeah. But I, I think what's important to note is like, I'm not saying that you have to run in your sports bra in order to be strong. Like there are so many women out there who don't struggle with this and who just like don't feel the need to run in their sports bras and will never run in their sports bras. And that's awesome. This is just for women who have that horrible inner dialogue and who never see bodies that look like theirs. And because they never see bodies that look like theirs represented as strong, fail to think of themselves as strong as well. You know, and, and it's had a profound change over the last two years. I see it in the emails I read and the comments. Like, it's changing people. Other people showing up and, and joining the sports bra squad is changing other people. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, I love that. It is such a lead by example thing. And it's not something for me. Like, I've never thought I want to run in a sports bra, mostly because I am very fair and I will turn into a freckle. Like in yeah, a second, which is, fine. which is fine. And like, yeah. And I, what I love about it is like the entire vibe isn't you have to run in a sports bra or you can't sit you with can't us. You can't sit with us. You know, like I, and I never <laughs> felt like that either. It was just like, you know what? That's not my jam. Like my shoulders get freckled the second I wear a tank top and I would rather save that for going to the fair or whatever the heck I'm doing. But you know, it's just like, you still, it is so inclusive. It's just like this very positive. This is what strong looks like. This is just, we're all different shapes and sizes and that's cool. And whatever yeah. you want to do with it to empower yourself is cool too. So. I think people fail to understand, like even if someone like feels no need to run in their sports bra, like 
seeing someone else do it will make you feel powerful. You know, like we have this thing here in New York called Summer Streets, like three Saturdays. I think it's a Saturday. Three Saturdays in the summer, they shut down like six miles of street from downtown where the Brooklyn Bridge is to uh, Central Park. And it's so much fun because it starts super early in the morning when only the runners training for the marathon are out. And then like around like nine o'clock, New York wakes up and kids are out and bicycles are out and rollerbladers and walkers. And there's like fairs everywhere and like slip and slides and zip lines and all sorts of cool stuff. Like there's so many vendors. But in the beginning, four years ago, when when I started doing it, like I never saw anyone who wasn't like your typical quote, quote, stereotypical runner's body in a sports bra. And after the sports bra squad, like I started seeing more and more and more women who were bigger in sports bras. And now like women will yell at me like sports bra squad. <laughs> and it is like I, I can't even explain how cool that is to see so many women like literally embracing their strength. Yeah, I love it. I do feel like it's so inspiring. And when I have seen people, this has always been empowering, especially when I was younger and had a trouble going to the gym and feeling self-conscious and feeling like people were looking at me and seeing someone that was in a sports bra working out or whatever, someone that was overweight but seemed confident was empowering for me because I'm, I was just thinking, good for you. You know, like you were leading yeah. by example and doing what you want and doing something that is healthy for your body and you're just owning it. And maybe they were really struggling with what they wore to the gym that day, but I didn't see it like that. I thought if she can love herself, I could love myself and it passes on. You never know who's watching. So I really love that it has been just so positive and I think empowering whether or not you want to run in a sports bra. Yeah. It's been a big lesson in, and teaching people to concentrate only on what they say to themselves, because I think one of the scariest things about the sports bra squad is worrying about what other people will say to you. Like, I remember when I was a new runner, even way before the sports bra squad, like I would spend so much time thinking about what people in cars, people who I would never encounter in my life, worrying about what they were saying about me or thinking about me. And I'd construct these dialogues that they thought I was fat or that they pitied me or that, you know, they, they didn't think I was a runner, like all this nonsense. And, uh, that I think that, I mean, I don't think I know there was, that was because I talked to myself poorly, like, and I did not spend the time to build my, you know, like strong bulletproof inner confidence. Like I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have any of that. And it really, really, really wasn't until the sports bra squad that I said, I am going to focus only on what I say to myself and not worry about what anyone else says to me. Because like I get it often, like people say some pretty nasty things to me all day long. And, you know, every once in a while, something if I'm having a down day, it'll get to me. But like on those days, it's it's the days that I'm talking to myself shitty that I let it in. What you say to yourself is how you see the world. Yeah. It's so true. And I think for this, I have this thing where when I realize, like, I try to really focus on this as well. But when I realize that I am not having the best day with my inner dialogue, I know enough to draw boundaries around what I am reading in if I'm reading my comments that day, or if I'm going to read a review of the podcast or something, I will only do it when I know I am at a good place to be able yeah. to take criticism or to let something kind of just fall off if it's negative. And I just think it's self-awareness is so important and realizing that it's not always like we all have good days and bad days, even when you are the team captain of the sports bra squad day sports bra squad. Like, you know, that sometimes you might have a setback and it's still all about how you just get back to a good place and just constantly keep reminding yourself to be kind, I guess, to yourself. Totally. Absolutely. Like that is everything right there. I love that. So how, after you did it, how did it turn into a movement? That original post came out and I saw, I think I, I know what happened. I saw the, the, I kind of like called it the sports press squad. And then I saw the comments happening and that's when I started encouraging other people and writing more about it, about what I was experiencing and why it was so scary for me and why it was so important and why representation was so important and being seen. 
And then the next year when I was with Wazelle, they kind of nudged me and were like, well, why don't we have a day celebrating it? And they were like, National Sports Bra Squad Day. And I was like, F that, Global <laughs> Sports Bra Squad Day. But like, I really needed that nudge because I would have never have been like, I'm going to have this day from this thing that I had for myself, which I should have. Like, that should have been something that was pretty easy for me being like, this is bigger than me. This is for all of us. But instead, I was like, oh, what if people... <laughs> What if people call me names and like, it makes me so uncomfortable and self-congratulatory, but you know, that's just inner, inner dialogue and inner critic. But luckily I had that nudge to have the day and yeah, it became global sports press squad day because people in like London and Canada and Mexico and Germany and the Netherlands and Sweden and all these places had these meetups. It was awesome. So how do people participate? You can do it formally. So uh, there's a form on my website that you can fill out to host a meetup, like a formal meetup. And then uh, there's just some like stipulations and guidance. And then we can like, it's easy to have one place to have all the meetups listed so that if I'm in New York, but I know that my aunt in Montana wants to join one that's happening, like I can be like, oh my gosh, you should go to this. Or if I know I have a friend who's living in Florida and just moved there and doesn't have any friends, I can be like, hey, there's this, like, the Badass Lady Gang's having a meetup for Sports Bar Squad Day in, in Pensacola. Like, you should go, and you, that's a great way to meet people. So it's, I mean, that's why it's a nice way to have a formal one. But, I mean, really, it's just, like, if you want to text five of your friends and be like, yo, you guys want to do this? Let's do it. We're running anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's really just run alone, run with people. It doesn't matter. The, the only thing that I love about most about the meetups is that it's really, really, really scary joining for the first time. And that whole their strength and numbers mentality is really important and helpful if you're, you know, scared shitless. For sure. Yeah. I think, too, if it is specifically something that is important to you to run in your sports bra for the first time out in public, it is I would rather run in a group than by myself, potentially, you know, I, I yeah. think I would feel less like anyone cared. I don't know if I was running with other people that were also in their sports bra. Yeah, there's also no pressure to run in your sports bra on Sports Bra Squad Day. Like I, I remember at our meetup in New York, like we had a bunch of women who didn't, but it was like, no one bugged them. No one was like, why aren't you doing it? It was like, thank you for being here. What a oh, great were, way were they, to... Were they wearing no sports bra, no shirt? It was... what? No, they, they just do? were in shirts, you know? Like, they didn't mm-hmm. want to... They just... Not their jam, which was totally fine. We all got to celebrate together. And it, I mean, people... It's just like such a great way to meet people in your community, these meetups. Yeah. Yeah. It And again, it does seem so friendly. And I feel like some pictures of... The Global Sports Squad Day had men in them, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> which is fun. And, and they didn't go out and buy or borrow a sports bra. Just it was kind of like this more the merrier positive thing. It was so awesome. We had uh, in New York a, a bunch of our my friends, guys who did it. And what was so cool was like after we had this panel and this discussion and afterwards we had a and a and one of the guys, Vinny, I remember he raised his hand and was like, what can I do, you know, to to help like I, I I feel so like helpless that so many women feel like unsafe or worried and it was such a great like way to open that dialogue up that like we're not going to fix this overnight you know like the sports press squad isn't going to fix the fact that you know men can be predatory but it was a great way to be like hey if you are out and you see a woman you know being catcalled or whistled or honked at or you know like if you see your friends doing it or you or you are with someone and someone says something like what a great opportunity to talk about it talk about it with your friends talk about it with your parents and kids and whatever like my dad honks at runners and it's not like and he does it to men and women and he does it as a way that he thinks he's like right on but i'm like dad that scares people like you can't do that and like that was a conversation that we had and you know he was like, I had no idea. Well, now I'll just, you know, yell good job. But I'm like, don't even do that, dad, because they can't hear you. They it's just hear so someone cute. yelling at them. That is really cute, though. And I was like, if you're ever out and about, though, dad, like you can give a high five. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so now that's what he does. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so funny because running in where I grew up in Pico, Mexican men 
are the best at pumping up your self-esteem. <laughs> I heard a comedian say that. It's like you could walk out to get the paper and you just look like a dead cat, you know, got, that got ran over. Like you just look the worst. And there's like a guy that is like, hey, you. And, you know, like she did this whole impression thing. And I was like, that is very true. And it's so funny because running around there, there's just so many honks. You know, like, it's just that I don't respond to them. Like, I cannot hear it. And I remember one time a friend saw me running. I was like, I was honking at you. They were like laying on the horn. (laughs) And I did not, you would have thought I was completely deaf. Like, I don't so Uh much as flinch because I'm like, I am not going to engage in this. You know, like, I just have to turn it off because it is very startling. And it's like, even when a friend is trying to get your attention or someone's trying to encourage you, it is funny that it is like... I don't know. It definitely isn't. It just always startles me. So I, yeah, I, it means you're about to get hit by a car, <laughs> you know, like, and I, but I think that's also something that a lot of people don't understand. They think they think they're, they know their intentions are good sometimes. Yeah. And like, they just don't have that perspective, but like, that's just an opportunity. Like parents, if you have a son, talk to your kid about how he talks to women out in the in the world, you know? For sure. Yes. I, well, I also think we need to start a movement of like a happy horn. Like when someone lets you cut in (laughs) or, you know, like, you know, they don't always (laughs) see the wave or you want to encourage a runner, like a little like, yay, yay, go you. Or like, thanks for that. It has to be, we, I mean, come on. We have so many options for ringtones. Like we can get two kinds of horns. I'm with you on that. I'm going to write that in to whoever is in charge of that. That's such a good idea. So it is this weekend. Hopefully people are listening in time. If not, it's a new annual thing that you're doing. Is this going to be June 24th or the last Sunday of June? How do you kind of plan on keeping this going? Last year it was June 24th. This year uh, it's June 24th. So last year it was on a Saturday. This year it's on a Sunday. I don't, I don't really know. What What I love about this day, to be perfectly frank, is that uh, my brother's anniversary of his death is on the 23rd. And that day sucks for me. And it's like the worst, one of the worst days of the year. So to have this like light at the end of the tunnel is has been helpful to me. Like that's why we chose it last year. So... I, I don't know. I kind of like that it's June 24th, but I think it's most powerful on a Saturday or Sunday. So I think it'll probably end up being the last Sunday in June. But in New York City, like that's Pride. And although I kind of like that it's a fun way to kick off Pride before you go to the parade and, you know, show up for the for the LGBTQ plus community. Right. It's fun vibes. That's awesome. Yeah. Fun way to kick off the day. I like that. So how or where can people follow along to get more information? So you can use the, if you want to join the sports press squad and uh, I encourage everyone to share their stories and be really vocal about body image and, and uh, you know what that journey is like. And, or if you don't feel the need to join and, but support it, like hashtag sports press squad is kind of where the movement lives. Uh, you can find out more about how it started and stuff on my blog, shecanandcheated.com. And yeah, like even if you're listening to this post June 24th, like Sports Bar Squad isn't about, you know, a day. The day is just a fun way to raise awareness for, you know, the movement. But it really is just, I hope it, it I hope what it does for everyone is just make people pause and, you know, say like, what is holding me back from doing this? If it is the fact that I don't think I'm thin enough or skinny enough or strong enough. Draw a circle around that and start to unpack it. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. I love it. I need to ask you, what is your victory lap? What is your post race tweet or post race tweet that you love? But I feel like I might say something controversial after you answer this question. Go. You can say whatever you want. I mean, I feel like controversy is <laughs> synonymous <laughs> with my name, right? <laughs> with me, but uh, my post victory lap, I, uh, I feel like the cheeseburger emoji. Just like what is it? How many characters are we allowed to have now? One hundred forty. One hundred forty cheeseburger emoji characters. <laughs> that's my that's my post victory lap. <laughs> From anywhere in particular? Obviously from in and out I mean, it's all I think about all day long. I 
I mean, no, I don't, I, don't even, I, I don't know. care. I, don't I know care. this is like, why I, don't care I knew I was like almost going to lead with this because oh. this is like a oh. very, this is, I'm very passionate about this as well. I'm fine. You don't have to love it, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> I just would. This is triggering. <laughs> I know. This is why I was like, I am very passionate about this and mm. I feel like you're trash five burgers or whatever. <laughs> whatever it's called or your shake shack $20 BS smash burger. I will agree that in and out has the best prices. <laughs> I, I agree. In and out is the best prices for what you get a thousand percent. I just recently oh, found mm-hmm. out about the Neapolitan shake, which I've still never had. I think it tastes gross. I don't like it, but I don't okay. like strawberry ice cream very much. That's the best one out of all of those. I can only eat strawberry ice cream from Brooklyn Ice Cream Company because they use real strawberries. Everything else just tastes too, like, uh, fake. Yeah. It kind of yeah. burns, like, the back of your throat. Yes. Yeah. I know. I know exactly. Well, then maybe I won't ever have a Neapolitan shake. But you can't. Live your life. <laughs> I just am really upset about the fries. Like, I would, if oh. I was going to go to In-N-Out mm-hmm. for a burger, I would drive through somewhere else for fries. Like, I would make False. that effort. False. <laughs> I'm glad. I mean, no. No. They're so good. You think the fries are good? It's because we're so used to processed crap. Well, I mean, crap, it, It's I'm fine with it. Like, if this is how I die, it's A-OK. <laughs> I feel like it I is. love. I I don't. I mean, like every once in a while, I'll get something animal style, but like I don't really like animal style. I get grilled. I like how we're, this is like what we are talking about right now. I'm really. <laughs> people I, have to like listen to this. And they're like, oh god, no, this is a big deal. I want world. people to know. <laughs> I will get grilled onions on my burger every time and pickles, but like I don't love dowsing like fries and animal style and stuff. I don't. I'm not into it. Yeah, I don't like the animal style fries, but I think a burger is pretty good. God, their burger. I'm coming I'm coming back to uh, San Diego in July in like three or four weeks, and I just, all I think about is a double-double. That's all you think about. I just, I mean, I don't know. I just don't <laughs> see how you can get behind the fries. I love In-N-Out so much. <laughs> Do you ask for them any special way, the fries? I heard you can ask for them, what is it, well done? You can get them crispy or well done. I like them just the way they are. I don't like them super crispy. I think it tastes too oily or burnt. I I really do think it's hilarious that we're having this discussion right now. I'm really passionate about these fries. I am I, so I really hungry. would. I'm sure I would. I'm sure, I think I have in the past. Like been with someone who wants in and out and insisted that we drive through McDonald's or Carl's Jr. to get fries because I'm like I can't oh, no. I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. No. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Monica, this has been a joy. Hasn't it? This is super fun. I'm excited. And I'm excited about this weekend. I I love, love the message. So I definitely want to support the cause, support the sports bras. I'm going to start my own chony day. I'm going to run in my chonies. Do it, girl. I got your back. I'll retweet. (laughs) You know what chonies are? Yeah. I grew up in San Diego. I was going to say, I knew I was going to ask you. I was like, she's going to know what chonies are because I have I I've introduced a lot of people to the word chonies <laughs> and, and they think it's like the funniest thing. And I'm like, you don't know what chonies are? I can get behind that. Good. Thank you so much, Kelly. I hope that was fun and informative for you guys. If there is someone that you want me to talk to for the podcast, definitely message me and let me know. And to get more information on Sports Bra Squad Day, you can check out She Can and She Did. You can follow at Kelly KK Roberts on Instagram. And I will put links to all of this in the show notes. And very importantly, please chime in on what are your thoughts on In-N-Out French fries? What are your thoughts on In-N-Out in general? And what are your thoughts on their fries? Because this is a big deal to me. If I'm going to eat French fries, they better be magical. Am I right? I will post on my run, eat, repeat Instagram today. That is at run, eat, repeat on Insta. And please chime in and let me know. What's your vote? 
Who has the best fries? Where can I get them? And now let's get to the awards. Okay, since today's episode was all about sports bra squad and sports bras, I figured that the guys might have tuned out by now. So this first place award is kind of female centric. I'm a big fan of this and I just thought it was good timing. I'm assuming that we're kind of girls here. That might not be the case. But first place goes to OB tampons. I'm a fan. I think they're awesome. They're actually super hard to find sometimes because I don't, I'm assuming this is because not a lot of people use them, but they don't have an applicator. They're very small. So they're easy to just tuck in. Hello, your sports bra. If you need one, I'm just a fan. I love these and I am trying to spread the good word of them. I will put a link in the show notes if you haven't seen one before. They're like small. I feel like they're the only tampon that doesn't have an applicator, but I have ordered them online. I will put a link in the show notes to them. I want everyone to buy them so that they never discontinue them. Because like I said, when I realized that they're kind of hard to find, I thought, oh no, people are not buying these. This cannot happen. People need to buy them. Anyways. Second place goes to spray sunblock for hard to reach places, especially if you are running in a sports bra. Sometimes it's hard to get your back and good spray sunblock is awesome for that. So do not forget protection. Third place is Tom shoes because I'm obsessed with them. I wear them all the time. And that way I don't know if my floor is dirty at home because I can't feel it. And when I walk around barefoot, actually, I thought I was kind of getting plantar fasciitis at one point. And so I started to wear my shoes. Um, Sometimes you just need to wear more cushion to kind of help alleviate that a little bit. And I started to wear them a lot and then I keep wearing them. So I wear my old ones as slippers basically, because I don't own slippers or pajamas or there was a long time I didn't own a belt either, but I finally got one. So there's that. Anyways, I hope that this episode was fun and inspiring and informative. If you have any questions for me, feel free to send them on over You can email them at runitrepeat at gmail.com or leave a voicemail. That number is 562-888-1644. And make sure that you go to Instagram and tell me what are your thoughts on In-N-Out French fries, In-N-Out in general, and where do you fall in this great debate? I am genuinely curious. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.